Hey, oh, welcome to Built to Be You. My name is Michaela, and I am so pumped that you're here. I made this podcast so you can uncover what it means to be you and learn how you can fully step into your potential while trying to navigate your 20s, overcoming previous failures, learning to face your fears, dance with your emotions, and take messy action in order to build and become the best you. You can expect a little bit of mixed stuff love and a whole lot of real talk. But let me just say, this journey is so much more fun with the bestie. So buckle up and let's do it together. Another week and another podcast guest interview. I am so, so excited to bring on an absolute powerhouse nurse mentor speaker this week, Laura Wiley. She is the CEO of the Brightly Balanced Nurse, and she is no doubt changing the trajectory of the nursing career and the path of the profession and really just helping nurses prevent burnout, identify burnout, helping them find their voices outside of nursing and really creating that work-life balance that we all crave and deserve because we are humans first nurses second. So I'm so excited to hear what you think about this week's episode. Don't forget to tag me and Laura in your takeaways. I will leave both of our Instagram handles down in the show notes. Welcome, Laura. I am so excited to have you on this week's podcast episode. Can you start off by just telling us a little bit about you, what it is that you do, and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, I I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I am Laura. I am the founder and CEO of the Brightly Balanced Nurse, and I am a former picking nurse turned full-time nurse mentor. So what I do now is I help burnt out nurses basically get their energy back, get their lives back, and create a work-life balance that they love so they can go out and lead in nursing, lead in the world, and really make the difference that they want. So after the past, or over the past two years, I've helped hundreds of nurses create and maintain a work-life balance. And I started out doing this full-time while uh, full-time at the bedside. Mm-hmm. And now I get to do it full-time and just help nurses, which has been like the absolute dream and has been so fun. I love that. And I'm so excited to just like pick your brain for my own good as a nurse, but also for my podcast listeners who are kind of in this season where, you know, especially... I come from a background of like as a new grad nurse trying to find that work-life balance. And so I know how incredibly important it is. And like every time I see your Instagram posts, like I'm just like so inspired to keep sharing that word because I think it's important that we create the culture and the energy that we want to be a part of. So I want to start off by talking about some tips that you have to identify what burnout is and kind of what that looks like. And if you've ever experienced that yourself. Ooh, I mean, that's why, <laughs> that's why the Brightly Balanced Nurse exists because I really struggled with it. Uh-huh. As a, so I was a second degree nurse and I started out in the PICU right out of graduation and mm-hmm. I wanted to be so good. Like I wanted to be the very best nurse that there ever was. And like my goal in my planner that year was like, be the trusted new nurse on the unit and my action steps and looking back, these were not healthy, but my action steps in order to get there was take all the overtime possible, take all the classes, like do whatever you possibly can to be this new nurse on the unit. And so I hit burnout really, really fast personally. And so for me, what that looked like was sleeping all day on my days off, constant, um, you know, anxiety, like getting to the point where I had panic attacks. I had um, many fights, fights with my spouse. <laughs> 
at the time because I was just so miserable that I would take uh-huh. it back to him. Um, and really for me, like I just completely lost who I was outside of nursing. Like I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know what made me happy. But the things that I see in my mentees now, usually like a big red flag to me is if you start to resent the patients. Mm-hmm. That is where I'm like, okay, we need to take a step back here. Like what, if you're resenting the people that you're caring for, that usually is a huge sign of burnout. That and mental, physical, emotional exhaustion, where you just don't get excited about anything anymore um, in your personal life or in your work life. If you're having trouble um, with your physical health, those can be different signs. Um, But honestly, like, you know, you know if you're burnt out. It's just a matter of whether or not you want to accept it. Exactly. I love that. And even through my first year of nursing with COVID and the pandemic, like so many people kept trying to shove it down and just say, you know, it's just the year. It's just, and like, granted, yes, it was like, I'm not going to like downplay that at all. It was a really hard year, but I think it's really important that we don't just look externally to blame the external things, to blame the profession, but, you know, looking internally and saying, what can I control here? So what were some of the steps or some of the advice that you have to take when you start to recognize those burnout patterns? How do you kind of help boost your mood again and boost that morale again and kind of bring light back to nursing? Yeah, a hundred percent. So first and foremost, Um, If you have not taken a break in a while, like if you haven't used your PTO or your sick time or anything like that, and you can't remember the last time you had like more than a full day off, you need to take some time off. Mm. I think it's really hard for nurses, especially in this past year and a half with the pandemic, like no one wanted to take time off because they felt like they couldn't or their hospitals weren't allowing them to. Um, So That's what I say first, like you need time away from your job to recoup, to rejuvenate, to relax. You're not supposed to be there all the time. Exactly. (laughs) It's not supposed to be your life. So that's why I always tell people first and foremost, and like even I still have a tendency to burn out even in what I do now. And if I can feel that coming, I take a break. Exactly. Um, So that's the first thing, but there's so many different things that you can do personally to heal that burnout and also prevent it from happening again. And that starts really with very simple habits that you can do. Number one is making sure that your physical wellness like is being taken care of. And I say physical wellness in my programs because it's, it is an overall overarching um, term instead of like exercise or diet. Mm -hmm. So are you getting enough um, water in? Are you hydrated? Are you eating enough food? Because I know for me, when I struggle or struggled with burnout, like I wasn't eating enough. Um, Are you eating quality foods? Are you moving your body and taking care of your physical body? So those are, and then making sure you get enough sleep as well. Um, And not too much, because I know that that can be a tendency of us Mm -hmm. night nurses too. So you want like make sure that your physical body's being taken care of. You want to make sure that you're taking a break. And then there's things that you can do mentally and emotionally to make sure that you can start to heal as well. So um, processing, like especially for those of you who worked frontline like COVID the past year and a half, like have you processed what you went through? Mm-hmm. Or are you just stuffing it down? Because that is literally stored in our body as trauma. 
So do you need to go get a therapist or counselor? Um, do you need to journal more? Do you need to meditate? Um, you really want to, I'm all about finding like the root, like actually looking for the root cause and addressing it instead of just like putting band-aids on it with a massage. Mm, like That's so good. Yeah. Um, and then from there, like, just making sure that you're clocking out when you're supposed to clock out. Do not answer texts or calls from mm-hmm. your coworkers when you're not there. Like leave work at work. Um, and so burn, the healing burnout can be a process. Like it can take a little while, but like when you are paying attention to your physical health, your mental health and emotional health and asking for help, you will be able to get back from that and then continue those habits on so you can prevent it in the future. But I love that because I think that when we are proactive about, you know, the small habits and the small things that we do outside of work and in our place of work, you know, it's easier to be proactive than it is to be reactive. And so once you start to go down that cycle of burnout and you're trying to keep your head above water, whereas if you kind of got ahead of the game a little bit, drank your water, worked on like the overarching physical side of things, which I love that you didn't just put like a huge emphasis on like exercise because sometimes that physical piece isn't the only piece that people need. There's so many other moving parts to that. Um, and I've heard you talk about something before called post-shift hangover. I don't know if it was in like your post or maybe it was a podcast you did with somebody else. I can't remember where it was, but, um, talk a little bit about post-shift hangover and like what that looks and feels like and things that you can do in your place of work to kind of help combat that. Yes. So I don't know how you schedule yourself, but when I was at the bedside, I would stack all my shifts together because Mm -hmm. I had more days off in a row. And so I was always night shift. I think I'd maybe did two days or two months of day shift and it was not for me. Um, But post-shift hangover, that is the feeling where you get off and like, you can't think, you don't have any energy. Like you just want to like sit on the couch or stay in bed. And like you physically, you literally feel hungover, um, mentally, physically, emotionally. And so when I was looking back at my journey and when I look at the mentees that I work with in the Brightly Balanced Method, it's usually because you're not taking care of yourself while you're on your shifts. You could be doing all the things right on your days off, but if you're not also taking care of yourself while you're at work, of course you're going to feel like crap. So there's some things that you can make sure that you do while you're at work to avoid this post-shift hangover. So then you're not like recovering for a full 24, 36 hours and you can actually just go live your life and enjoy yourself. So Again, first and foremost, are you drinking water on the unit? Like this is a huge one. And I know now with like all the masks, like it can be a little harder, but like you got to prioritize it. (laughs) If you're dehydrated, you're going to feel like crap. Like it's Mm -hmm. just like, it's think about your patients when they're dehydrated, they're sluggish, they're fatigued. It's the same thing with you. And it's the same thing with eating. So if your blood sugar is super low because you're not actually prioritizing getting your food in at work, once again, of course you're going to feel super tired, fatigued, and miserable. Like you're going to be hangry. Um, So those are two main things that you can do during your shifts to make sure that you avoid the post-shift hangover. And then also, and people get so like up in arms when I say this, freaking take your break. Like, yes, like 
I get it. Like I worked on a unit where it was hard to take breaks sometimes because of the culture or because of the schedule or because of like how busy it was, but do it like get a buddy, figure it out, watch their patients. They can watch yours like, and take 10 minutes to go step off the unit and breathe. Yes. What ends up happening? We like get so tense and so stressed when we're at work and then it's like this huge crash afterwards. But like, if we are paying attention to how we feel throughout those 12 hour shifts, you're going to be so much happier when you leave and you have those days off. Yes, I love that. And honestly, I feel like I came into new grad life with like a pretty strong toolbox of like what self-care was outside of work. So I just feel like uh, like I've really been able to help my current clients and just help mentor people on my unit even, you know, that breaks are okay. And I think it's really important to create the culture that you want to be a part of. And so I would always be like, hey, can you cover me for this 30 minute break? Or like if I saw somebody hadn't taken their break yet, like calling them out, like I haven't seen you leave the unit yet today. Are you going to go outside? And then that slowly as I was getting towards the end of that job, because I'm getting ready to like job transition, that was the new norm. It was like people were going outside for their breaks. They were reaching out and asking and leaning in onto each other. So I think it's important to realize that maybe your unit yet doesn't have that culture that you want, but how can you be the steward of that change? So for somebody that comes to you and they're like, my coworkers just aren't supportive. I just work like in a really toxic environment. What would be your advice for them? Well, it's really twofold. Number one is do what you need to do to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like this is where that concept of like, you need to put yourself first really comes into place. If you have a toxic work environment that does not prioritize breaks, that does not support you. Like you've got to figure out what you need to do to feel good and to keep yourself safe and to keep your patients safe. And that includes being like, Hey, I don't care if you're not going, I'm going to go sit over here for 20 minutes mm-hmm. and eat. And just actually going to do it with like unapologetically, honestly. Um, And the second thing is too, with toxic work environments, I've been working with a lot of nurses about this right now. If you're scared for your license, if you are worried about the patient safety, you're worried about your own safety, you're being bullied. If you haven't already addressed that with someone, you need to address it and like put it up the ladder and actually say something And if you have, and it's still not being addressed, then maybe it is time to leave. Um, But what I teach my mentees first and foremost is like, okay, what do you have control over? What can you change first? And then if nothing changes from there, then it might be time to actually go do something and leave. Yeah, I I love that. And like, just kind of creating like a zero tolerance for yourself. And I think that a lot of times for whatever reason, as I think it's just as humans who enjoy helping other humans is that like, we kind of fold and we bend a little bit. And then we get to a point where we break because it's like, you can only fold and bend so much before it's just like gonna snap. And so I think a lot of people just try to push it down, you know, the toxic work environment, make excuses for it. And they don't do anything to actually create the change that they want. So if somebody came to you and they're like, I just feel stuck, but I hate my job. How do I figure out what's next? Or like, you know, what kind of steps do I take? What advice do you have about maybe making pivots within the nursing field? Um, and like kind of how to get that conversation started? Cause I know it can be hard and uncomfy. 
Yeah. And I think this comes a lot from like how we're taught in nursing school and the culture of nursing in the first place. Like, okay, you have to graduate. You have to go to med surge for X amount of years. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you can go to an ICU. And then from there, you can decide if you want to be an NP or you want to be a CRNA. And it's like that work, that path works for some people. But if that doesn't align with what you actually care about, you don't have to do it. Like you don't have to follow that path. So what I tell people first and foremost is you are never stuck. And this is your life. If you are making decisions based on what everyone else is saying and what everyone else is thinking, whether it's your coworkers, um, your manager, your nursing school professors, whoever it is, like you are living their life and not yours. So the first thing that you need to do if you are not enjoying your job and you've done all the things to actually try and like address this, figure out what's most important to you. What are your priorities? What's most important in your life? Like I always use the example, like my top three in this order are like my health and well-being, my marriage, and then the nurses that I serve in the Bradley Balance Nurse. So if your job isn't aligning with the, your top three priorities, it's time to figure out, okay, what would? Mm-hmm. What would add to these things? Um, I have I had one mentee um, in our winter round of uh, the Brightly Balance Method, and she was miserable. She was a COVID nurse, and it was so like it, when I say it was unsafe, like it was an unsafe work environment. It was terrible, and um, she was. I was like, "Well, what do you love about nursing? Even though it's crazy, like, what do you love?" And she's like, "Well, I love getting to hear my patients' stories." I love to, you know, really connect with them and have the time with them. And I don't have that here. And now because of that, and she also figured out what was most important in her personal life, she realized that hospice nursing was perfect for her. And now she loves her job and she has a great work-life balance. And it's, it's perfect because, but instead of just jumping to whatever job was open next, we made sure that she took the time to figure out what's most important in my personal life what is most important to me about a nursing job and then looking for what can align with that. I love that. And I think that some people listening are going to find so much power in that to just kind of get that ball rolling. And when you ask yourself better questions, you get better answers, right? So if you're asking yourself, what parts do I enjoy? You're going to start to find the parts that you enjoy instead of saying, you know, like, why do I hate this job? What parts don't I like? Like, of course, that's all you're going to find. And kind of like this, like life by design, realizing that there's so many opportunities within the nursing world. And I feel like I'm just like barely scratching the surface of that. But I know that a lot of people, I think I was just talking to one of my good nurse friends about this the other day. There's like a huge gap in nursing school. I feel like we need like a whole course on like self-care and self-development and like finding your voice in the, like the career path because you do, you go through school and it's like they spit you out and they say, go work in a hospital, but nobody really teaches you about all of the other opportunities that are out there. So do you have any advice on, so she has decided what she likes, you know, like what is important to her outside of nursing and she's trying to find a job that aligns with that. Do you have any like tools or resources? Because I feel like it's a blessing and a curse. Like there's so many options, but there's too many options. Is there anything that you've found with your mentees that work or that you have found personally that works when it comes to finding more areas of nursing that's not bedside? Yeah. So 
I, a Google search, honestly. <laughs> like, and even looking on Instagram, I think that the nursing community on Instagram is so amazing at so this. So powerful. And it's, there's so many people doing so many different things. Like, I wouldn't have known that helping other nurses was a possibility if it wasn't for following nurses who were already doing it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I know, um, how did, I don't even remember how she figured out hospice nursing. I think honestly, she just Googled like non-bedside nursing job, <laughs> SOS, <laughs> right? And it just like kind of came up. But I think it's not even about finding the opportunity. It's being open to it. Mm-hmm. It's being like very intentional about understanding that like you can make your nursing career however you want. You just have to be open to the different paths. So I've had nurses, um, so, like I just had one um, from this round, she was offered a nursing sim lab coordinator position. Oh, that's so fun. And she was like, I never would have even thought about this, but she had a friend who was like, hey, would you ever be interested? Like, there, you just have to be open and looking for opportunities and be creative and like, go out there and just have fun with it. And if it doesn't exist, then create it yourself. Yes. Literally, like we live in a world where like anything goes. Like if you have the heart and you have the like the willpower and the desire, like yeah, you can make it happen. And I also think that just goes to really put an emphasis on like the power of collaboration, the power of community. So even if you're in a work environment right now that's maybe not serving you, how can you find people outside of your work environment that are serving you? Because you're always in control of who gets your energy. And so I think that just like the, like social media, when you use it in a positive way, is a beautiful thing. Like that's how we met. And, you know, like all of like my nurse mentor friends are people that I have found on social media and taking little bits and pieces. And again, being the change that you want to see, inspiring others within your work culture, within your work community to kind of, you know, jump on board with you. And I'm just curious, like what your thoughts on it, where do you feel like the gap or like the disconnect is? Because I feel like people are either one side or the other. They're like very like, take care of yourself outside of nursing, you know, self-development, self-care, investing in you, mentorships. And then there's like another spectrum that's just like, over time, I owe myself to my work. Like, where do you feel like if you've ever seen your mentees, like kind of where that disconnect happened, if at all? I think the disconnect is one, I do think it's a personality trait. I think the type of woman that goes into nursing, yes, we are helpers. And so if you've ever read um, the book Burnout, um, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle, they talk about this. I'm listening to that right now. So good. I love that. So good. Yes. They they actually highlighted this, that it's like human giver syndrome, where Mm -hmm. you just have this tendency to over give, right? And I think it's a personality trait, but also I think it's how we've been raised. I look at people like my mom or other women I know, and we end up thinking that our value and our worth is tied to how well we take care of others and to how much we do or achieve. And that in itself is like the huge disconnect in why women burn out so much faster, why women and nurses have such a hard time um, separating themselves from their work or even separating themselves from like motherhood. Like, I think it's just so closely tied together in our conditioning and how we're taught and like all of these things. And then like, you know, we're nurturing it like 
at our core. So I think it's a combination, but one of the things that I really have to work on and what I worked on within myself, but also my mentees is taking that belief that like you're only good if you take care of others and really stripping it down and being like, okay, where did this come from? Why do I think this? And how can I prove that wrong? Because my whole thing and why I created this in the first place is your value is inherent. It does not come from, you know, other people saying that you're good enough or how well you take care of your patients or take care of your children. Like you are worthy of the care that you give yourself just because you're you, not because of how well you take care of others. And I think that's the biggest disconnect I see. I love that. And I think it's important to like, kind of like, it's not just like, you weren't just like born to be like somebody who just always picks up over time and like always, you know, gives yourself to the profession, but it's, there's like a science base behind it. Like it's literally like how your brain is wired and like you have to do that internal work. And on the podcast, if they're listening, like, and they always listen, I always say like create the internal change to create the external change that you want. Because like once you look inward and you realize that like our brains are wired in a way that goes through patterns and thinking that like patterns and your beliefs, they're all constructed in a way to either serve you or work against you. And so I think that just kind of circles back to what we were talking about earlier, focusing on, you know, the overall like overarching physical health and like doing like that kind of like personal development, personal work, which I didn't know anything about before I was in like nursing school or like a nursing student. So I think that as a community, we have a lot of work to do to get on the front end of things, right? Kind of catch that burnout before it gets to the point of people like questioning their profession and like wanting to quit and like wanting to just throw in the towel because we go through a lot of years of work and late nights and studying and tears. And it's just like, I think it's really unfortunate when nurses get to a point in their career, they're like, why am I here? Like, I don't want to do this. And I'm sure that you can speak on that. And you've heard that from a lot of different people Um, and kind of how do you help facilitate and guide? Obviously you give them other opportunities or help them find other opportunities within nursing. But if somebody's just like, I'm done with nursing, like I want to give up, like I don't want to be here anymore. Have you had like that happen? I have never had a mentee come through who's quit nursing mm-hmm. uh, because my mission, honestly, my biggest mission is not to help you leave nursing. My mission is to help you serve in whatever way you want to serve. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it starts with how you feel. Mm-hmm. So what I help with is I help you, you know, get your energy back, feel mentally better, you know, find your happiness again. Cause my whole thing is you're more than a nurse. Mm-hmm. So how can we live into that? And it's beautiful because then once they start to feel better, they start to love nursing again. And even maybe it's not the same because I have about 30% of my mentees who come through the program do end up switching like specialties or switching where they work, but they don't leave because Mm -hmm. at our core, or at least my people at our core, you still want to serve these patients. Like that is your why. Um, But you don't have to make it your whole life. So if you're like one of those people that's like, I want to leave nursing. I hate it. First, are you feeling good? Like, are you burned out? Like what's making you feel that way first? Address that. And then there, if that is you, there's nothing wrong with that. But like, I've never had to help someone leave nursing completely. Yeah. Um, I, I love that because I think it's important to know 
where your energy is going and to always circle back to the why. Like you don't just decide to go to nursing school for fun, right? Like there's a reason and there's a pull that pulls you there. So figuring out how you can incorporate that into what you do on a daily basis. So I just want to talk about one last thing and that is helping nurses like pursue or find kind of passion or micro passions outside of the place of work because I feel like sometimes there's a disconnect of like nursing has to be my passion nursing has to give me fulfillment but how have you helped your mentees find passion and fulfillment outside of nursing which maybe might carry over it might not yeah so um this was something that I had to do personally when I was struggling with burnout that I then applied to how I help other nurses and so I don't know if you've ever heard me tell this story but one of the big issues that I had I had no hobbies like I when I say I lost myself in nursing like I lost myself and so my favorite thing I love planners I love planners I'm like a huge planner nerd and I'm like looking at like one of them right now. And so um, at the time I had an Erin Condren planner and I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to decorate this planner for fun. Like I'm going to go and I spent $65 on stickers at Michael's and literally was just decorating this planner that had no plans in it. Like literally there was nothing written in there because I didn't know like how to have fun or anything. And so what I had to do with myself was like, okay, what makes me happy? (laughs) What actually do I enjoy doing? And because I couldn't answer it, I had to get kind of creative. So then I looked back, I was like, well, what made me happy when I was a kid? Like, what did I enjoy doing? And for me, that answer was I loved being creative. I was very into art. I was very into music. So I was like, okay, well, what kind of things now can I do that would make me feel creative that like give me that creative outlet. And so that's what I walk my mentees through is figuring out what makes you happy. And if you can't figure that out, like go back, what used to make you happy before you were a nurse, what feelings did that give you? And then, um, you get to try things. So for me, obviously my creative outlet, it started as a blog (laughs) as the brightly balanced RN and um it grew from there but i was able to really enjoy myself on my days off with that creative outlet and i have had mentees now um, some have started needlepoint some do like color by number i've had others pick up photography um like so many different things some people love video games like it just depends on what makes you happy and so when you're able to do more of that outside of work work doesn't seem as heavy anymore like, and and it's just, it becomes easier and you are happier and more joyful and life is fun again. So just sit, like, take like a day and just kind of sit down and ask yourself like, okay, what, what makes me happy? What used to make me happy and do more of that. Yes. I love that. And I'm sure that I love that you said, like, I have, like, I have nothing fun to do because somebody listening to this can so relate to that right now. The number of times that I hear, like, I just don't have anything to do on my days off. My days off are so boring. So I just like go pick up extra shifts. But like, I have one of my 
fellow podcast friend, she has a joy list on her phone. And I know I've talked about on the podcast before, but like the things that make her happy, she puts them all on like a phone list. And then when she's feeling down or when she's feeling kind of like, I'm bored, I don't know what to do. She goes to that joy list and then her energy increases because she's like, I'm doing something that makes me excited, but not closing yourself off to opportunities. Like I just bought a bullet journal and so I'm going to start bullet journaling. I have no idea how to do it, but I think it's going to be fun to like try something new and use that creative side of my brain to learn something different. And again, reaching out on social media, looking at people that are doing fun new activities, getting outdoors, like the opportunities are endless. And I, so I, I love that. And I think that a lot of times people think that it has to be like this, some like big monstrous task, but it can be something little, like, do you want to learn how to play an instrument or, you know, whatever it might be. So I love that. Okay. Last thing is let us know where we can find you kind of what you're up to now, what your mentorship looks like, all the things. Yes. So you can come follow me. I'm at laura.w.wiley on Instagram. My website, if you want to look at like all of that kind of thing is the brightly balanced nurse. Oh yeah. The brightly balanced nurse.org. <laughs> it's the baby brain. So I'm currently, I'm literally like less than 10 weeks away from having my first baby. So mentorship looks a little different right now. Um, but I do have a killer free weekly planner um, in the link in my bio over on Instagram. And then you get that awesome weekly planner, how to use it. And then all of the updates um, because the Brightly Balanced Method mentorship program will be opening again later this year. And I have a super exciting course coming to this summer. Um, nice. Exciting. All the fun things. I will put all that stuff in the show notes for anybody who might have missed it. Um, so that way they can just pop down there and look. Um, but I, when you said that you like are a big planner person, I was like, hmm, I wonder if she's ever going to like create a planner for nurses. Of and course. So <laughs> that is cool. I tell my mentees all the time because all of my mentees, they get the weekly planner, they get the weekly reflection, they get the daily planner, the daily reflection, and then the brightly balanced tracker. And they're like, Laura, like you should put this all together. I'm like, I know that is the plan. Eventually, going to be the balance planner, <laughs> the physical product. I am so excited for that. I will keep it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on this week's episode. I appreciate you. Yes, thank you so much. Before you go, I just wanted to let you know that I am so dang grateful that we are now on this journey through uncovering what it means to be you together. If you love this episode, make sure you share it with your friend or better yet, share it on social media and tag me so that way I know. Until next time, chat soon.